Difficult decisions loom with regards to the starting rotation and the active roster. We'll tell you what's in store for the Red Legs coming up on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thank you so much for joining us here today. My name is Jeff Carr, and I am alongside Steve Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, or if you're watching, drop down in our comments section and give us your thoughts, because talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Blocked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And if you listen every day, let us know you're an everydayer down in the comments section. Shout out to those of you who are everydayers. As you guys know what a roller coaster it's been here recently. Been a lot of fun. Of course, the Reds didn't quite get the sweep complete, but they still won the series with the Dodgers. And we're going to talk about the pitching situation that uh, it's kind of developed over the last couple of days and what the Reds need to do with that. Plus, there are a lot of roster decisions looming for guys who are coming back from injury and one important prospect that is basically making it impossible to leave him in AAA. We're going to tell you what we believe the Reds should do in order to make room for those players and what kind of opportunity the Cincinnati Reds have in the city of St. Louis. Before we get to all of that, though, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And where we want to start off today here, Steve, is... There's lots of decisions looming for Nick Crawl, for David Bell, for the Reds front office, really, as the roster's getting churned up. But we really want to focus in on the starting rotation because they confirmed that Hunter Green will pitch on Sunday and Graham Ashcraft left his start early on Thursday. How do we move forward with all of this? Well, it's it's. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, right, Jeff? The the easy answer is one of the extra guys in the rotation and right now should go to the bullpen. Now, of course, that all hinges on what they do with Graham Ashcraft. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, of course, uh, downplays it. He's not injured. He's, he's fine. He tried to gut through it. Uh, but we know how that goes with this Cincinnati Reds team. So will he be able to make his next start? I predict that he will. My guess is that he's going to remain in this rotation that they are not going to put him on the injured list uh, based on that comebacker that got him in the back of his calf just below the knee so with that being said they're going to have to figure out who is going to leave the rotation comes down to two choices i think jeff it comes down to brandon williamson or ben lively now when you look at those two guys ben lively has probably been better uh but you said this yourself you know graham uh sorry connor over Overton was good in his first few starts and then crashed back to earth. And we saw Ben Lively start to come back to earth a little bit his last time out, although he did pitch seven innings. So for me, I think though the, the decider, the deciding factor in who goes to the bullpen is which of these pitchers 
has more long-term upside with the Reds? And which of these pitchers is a placeholder? Well, the answer to that question is Ben Lively is the placeholder. Uh, Brandon Williamson is is looking to have a future with this team well beyond this year. Uh, so for me, the smart play would be to leave Brandon Williamson in the rotation and put Ben Lively in the bullpen as your long man, as a guy that you could have used in a day like yesterday where Graham Ashcraft leaves early due to injury and you need somebody to get you three, four, five innings to protect the bullpen Ben Lively is your guy in that situation yeah I think and I don't even know that it's Ben Lively or Brandon Williamson I think it's Ben Lively or Luke Weaver but I still say Lively and I think the biggest reason for that is he will be super valuable out of the bullpen like we talked about even the first two games where the Reds ended up beating the Dodgers but the starting pitching struggled in both of those games if you have a game where a starter's going into the fourth inning, he's labored through the first three innings, probably given up a couple of runs, and you're wondering how much longer is David Bell going to keep this guy in here? If you got a guy like Ben Lively in the bullpen, you can bring him out for two, three, maybe even four innings if you need him to, and he can kind of stabilize the game while also not taxing your bullpen as much as the Reds have. So I think that it's... It's partially because, yes, he's not a part of this rotation in the future, but also because of the value that he brings to the bullpen. And and what is prompting all of this is Graham Ashcraft's start on Thursday. His first two innings, he was looking much better, and I was looking forward to talking about a resurgent Graham Ashcraft. But in the third inning, he took a one-hopper off the calf. I mean, it was hard hit, 105 miles an hour on the exit velocity. And he tried to pitch after that. He pitched to a couple hitters, gave up some hits, gave up some runs, and ultimately left the game after that. He was talking in the postgame as to how it felt and what he thinks moving forward. Kind of like we said, uh, he's pretty optimistic about his prognostication. Yeah, I think caught right in the meat of it, kind of up towards the backside of the knee. So that's just caused everything kind of on the backside of the knees just locked up. I didn't really feel it much when it came to like pitching, but the only time I'd feel it was like having to try to like go cover a bag, like jogging or like walking. It bothered me a little bit, but no, yeah, I mean, I'm I'll be fine. This is just the same thing as last time when I got hit in the hamstring. You know, it's just one of those things. Two, three days, it'll be gone. He played it off super quick, so I tend to believe that he will make his next start, which is kind of where we get this. So why would you think, though, kind of going back to our discussion, why would you think that Williamson is part of this conversation? I think moving uh, Luke Weaver to the bull open is the front office admitting a bit of a defeat they brought yeah. luke weaver in here specifically to be a starter they paid him a little bit of money to be a starter i know you and i questioned that at first when they did it right but nick crawl really that's the lens that nick crawl was looking at weaver through so i suspect that if you're going to remove somebody from the rotation it's either the young guy that's struggling or the veteran you weren't expecting to do anything that is suddenly shown themselves to be a little bit successful against major league hitting so uh, that's why i went with those two uh, just because because I don't feel like Nick Crawl is uh, apt to admit, uh, you know, I got that one wrong. He's not really a starter. We're going to move him to the bullpen. It's just, that's just speculation on my part. No one's directly asked Nick Crawl about that, but that's just how I would suspect he would land on the situation. And, and while I'm thinking about it, you mentioned 
Graham Ashcraft, how he looked in those first two innings. And I'm with you. I am so upset that he didn't get to finish that out because I really thought we were going to get to have a great conversation two days in a row about how you were right about something. Because <laughs> if you were watching how Graham Ashcraft was pitching, he was using the sinker again. He was getting that 12 to 6 movement on the ball and yeah, the hitters beautiful. were having a hard time with it. And, and that's exactly what you indicated you thought his problem was, that he was relying far too much on that sweeping side-to-side movement pitch with the slider and not using that sinker enough. And, and it looks like he heard you and was making the adjustment and then it got derailed by that comebacker. And I was really bummed because you were going to get to have a little victory lap two days in a row. And it was really setting up the slider too. He had nice control of the slider, dropping it in different parts of the zone, not leaving it up in the, you know, the upper thirds, which is really where he's been getting killed in recent starts. But that's why it's just so annoying to me because it was very obvious he was on his way. And, and I kind of mentioned this at the top of the segment too, but Hunter Green was confirmed. The Reds actually came out and said, yes, confirmed he's starting on Sunday and because of that, the Reds, I mean, the Reds have been carrying, they haven't put them on the IL or anything like that. So they've been carrying six starting pitchers and, and there's a needed move for this rotation. You can't just leave it as is and continue to have a shorthanded bullpen that is overtaxed to boot. You want to bring up somebody. And we did see that Casey Legumina, we'll, we'll talk about him just here in a minute. He's going out on a rehab assignment. So hopefully the bullpen will be ready for some reinforcements coming up here soon. But Ultimately, the starting rotation is going to change, and I think that uh, Ben Lively is going to be that guy that, when we say odd man out, I, it makes it sound like he's getting demoted. I think it's just his role is being refined. Yeah, you're right. I think he's best suited to be that guy that the Reds need him to be. And I think ultimately that's where we will end up. Uh, listen, the rotation isn't the only thing where tough decisions are going to need to be made. Many guys are due to return from injury and a certain power hitting prospect with three initials uh, is making it very difficult to leave him in AAA much longer. We'll tell you how the Reds should move coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. You can snag tickets without the stress when using the Game Time app. You know, this week I've been in Cincinnati going down to the ballpark looking to get a good deal on tickets, and it's been so easy using the Game Time app. I go park in the garage, wander my way over to the banks, go grab some tacos, and then while the server is bringing me my check, I jump on the Game Time app and I buy cheap tickets at well below what everybody else paid and make my way over to the ballpark. It's just that easy. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and then use the promo code Locked On MLB, and that's going to get you twenty dollars off your first purchase. Uh, terms apply. Again, you just have to create an account and redeem the code Locked On MLB to save twenty dollars off your first purchase, and you're already going to be saving tons. I've been getting tickets in great sections behind the dugout, in great sections at Great American Ballpark for well over half off what everybody else paid to get there. What a deal! And then you get twenty dollars off off on top of that again just download the game time app use the promo code locked on mlb and get 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed the reds open a series with the evil st louis cardinals tonight first pitch is at 8 15 p.m eastern time ben lively toes the rubber tonight for the red legs taking on jordan montgomery you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app just download the sxm app and search the word reds thanks so much for always making locked on reds your first listen every day is on our next 
show, we are going to break down what happened in the opening of the Reds Cardinal series and uh, hopefully talk about a few moves that are going to be made for Saturday's game. Uh, we'll get you all set for that. All right, Jeff, difficult decisions loom. Uh, that's really the nicest way we can put this. There are a lot of guys getting ready to come back in the next few weeks from injury, and it's really going to force Nick Crawl's hand more uh, than anybody else in the organization. I think the pressure is on him to get this right because he's going to have to make a lot of moves that answer a lot of hard questions, and I really think that's where we start with this. You know, We look at the guys that are going to be coming back and the hard questions that are associated with bringing that guy get back we heard on yesterday's broadcast tj friedel is ready to go uh he, he ran the bases at full speed he had no issues with doing that so for the friday night game down in st louis tonight uh friedel is once again going to be asked to take live batting practice he's going to be asked to run the bases he's going to be asked to go 100 full go if he has no issues no setbacks with that he will be activated for saturday's game that means a hard question for Nick Crawl is how to make room for him immediately. There's a couple options here, Jeff. He could send TJ Hopkins back down to triple A. Uh, TJ Hopkins been overshadowed really by all that's gone on between Ellie De La Cruz being called up and the success that Matt McClain's had in recent days. Uh, but Hopkins has not played poorly. He's done fairly well mm -hmm. in the limited amount of chances that he's gotten. Some other moves that Crawl can make in this situation, hard questions to answer, Jeff. Jose Barrero to triple A, Kevin Newman, to triple a what do you think the direction for nick crawl will be to get tj friedel back on the roster i think i think it's really between two guys i don't think tj hopkins is on the on the chopping block for this i think this is where we start to ask is jose barrero about to go down to triple a we thought that he was probably going to be the corresponding move whenever ellie de la cruz was called up or or you know one of those moves like that but there were IL stents that opened up spots. So I think that here is probably where we see Barrero go down. For me, it's either Jose Barrero or it's Stuart Fairchild. As much as I love Stuart Fairchild, I just, I, I haven't quite seen the consistency I was hoping to see. Obviously, we saw some great performances in September last year, and he's had a couple of games this year where he's done all right, but it's few and far between. It's not every day. There's a lot of times where it just kind of seems like he's just up there and he's an easy out for some guys. So I don't necessarily know that Stuart Fairchild is it for the future. I'm not sure what I know about TJ Hopkins here. I want to see more from him. I think that when TJ Friedel returns, we should see either Fairchild or Barrero move down. It, it was nice though, because we saw him during the celebration of the, uh, the two walk-offs uh, in the, at the beginning of the Dodgers series. So it was just like, Oh yeah, TJ Friedel kind of forgot about him. Happy to see him uh, return to the Reds lineup this weekend. You're probably correct. I included Kevin Newman in there simply because he has an option that they can say him down easily but you know i i think i agree with the direction you're going there whatever the move is it's going to be somebody that's getting the majority of their playing time right now in the outfield in order to make room for tj friedel so Stuart fairchild or jose burrell probably your most likely choices the next guy soon to be back from injury we think could be will myers last we heard he's fully recovered from his kidney stones that initially sidelined him uh, he also suffered a shoulder sprain uh, last time uh, Will Myers talked to the media, he had indicated that any day right about now, he would be looking to start a rehab assignment. So we're probably talking a week to two weeks away from him returning. Here's the hard question that I associate with Will Myers when, when we talk about him coming to the active roster. That hard question, Jeff, is should he? 
come to the active roster. Given what we've seen from him, given how he's performed, and given the things that are happening in Cincinnati right now, is it time to consider just simply releasing Will Myers? I think there's two answers to this because should they consider it? Yes, they should consider it. Will they do it? No. And I'm going to use the same reason that you use for Luke Weaver. They're not ready to take an L on that nine and a half million dollars that they gave him. I think what's going to happen here is whoever doesn't get sent down for TJ Friedel will get sent down for Will Myers, especially because you will be making a righty for a righty swap there. I think that there's still part of Will Myers that I think he can still return from this and, and, and maybe be that power hitter that we thought he could be. And if you're talking about adding a guy like that into a power hitting left-handed pitching lineup, then this really could be pretty interesting to see if he, cause he's going to hit probably sixth, maybe even seventh in the lineup. Now, no longer will we be thinking of him as the number four, the number five guy, because those spots are taken. I think really there's going to be at least a little bit more of a chance, especially if he can have a hot month of June. And, and as we move into July and the trade deadline, if he can catch fire, you still run the chance that they could trade him for some low-level project-type prospect, and I think that they would rather do that and still give him a shot because, look, as much as I love the idea that Stuart Fairchild can figure it out, I don't necessarily know that I would rather have him on the roster than Will Myers at this point. All right, this brings us to the one you and I have been waiting for for a long time. Joseph Daniel Votto yeah, yeah. has about two weeks to go on this rehab assignment before a decision has to be made. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that when he says, hey, I'm ready, he's coming to the active roster. The question is, how do you get him here? Here's the move that I think the Reds are going to use to put Joey Votto back on the roster. Because not only are they going to have to get him back on the 26-man, they're going to have to get him back on the 40-man roster as yes. well. He was transferred to the 60-day injured list to make room. So I believe this will be where the Reds finally cut Kurt Casale and abandon fully the three catcher setup in order to restore Joey Votto to both the 40 man and the 26 man and active roster, get him back in Cincinnati and get him playing games. Uh, there is no room at all at first base for Tyler Stevenson to play. The Reds have abandoned that plan. As we said, he didn't play there at all in the month of May. He's only played there six times since the start of the season. It's time for the Reds to fully embrace the abandoning of the three catcher system and get Joey Votto back on the active roster. And and Tyler Stevenson, I, I, I don't know that I can even be on board with him having a 50% a stranglehold on the DH spot whenever Joey Votto returns because Joey Votto is going to need DH time. Jonathan India is going to need DH time. we got a lot of guys that need to be playing DH at least a little bit to get some of the young guys into different positions and things like that. So I don't necessarily, I know for sure they can't do a three catcher system. That would be the easy move for me. There's an outside shot. I could see them maybe uh, finding a trade partner for Kevin Newman. Again, it'd be for a low level project type prospect, but possibly that could be a deal that opens up the door for Joey Votto to return, but it's going to be one of those two things. I don't think that we're looking at anything else that's super uh, surprising. We're not going to see, they're definitely not sending down any of the prospects at this point because, uh, or any of the rookie sensations, they're no longer prospects when they come up to the majors and they start killing it. Uh, but when they're not going to send down any one of those guys, it's going to be Kirk Casale or a dark horse. Probably I give it a, less than 2% chance of happening them trading Kevin Newman. All right, Jeff. Now, after we've done all of those things 
and activated all of those guys. The Reds make all of these moves, and still we haven't addressed the elephant in the room, and that is a guy with three letters. They tell it to all you need to know, C-E-S. Yeah. He cannot be left to languish much longer at AAA. I don't know what else he needs to do in order to earn a call-up. I suspect he could be on the Reds' active roster as early as the next homestand. How in the world do you make room on both the 40-man and the 26-man active roster? I, I believe he's not on the 40-man. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But how do you make room for CES when you still got to do all of these other things? And who do you send down to free up the playing time? I think he is on the 40-man, actually. I should look that up to confirm. But I think this might actually be where they cut Will Myers because you could see a scenario where they call him up, they give him like a week or two, and if he's still doing what he's been doing because he does that weird thing where he stands on the edge of the batter's box, leaves wide open the far half of the plate from him, and, and I, I, I can see a scenario where the Reds say, you know what, we gave us some time, it's not working, cut him, call up CES. Because I think that... Really, when you're looking at some of the other roster spots and some of the other players that fill in, CES for one of the other outfielders, one of the young, like if you're sending down TJ Hopkins for CES, you're sending down somebody to uh, replace a guy that's not going to replace him. Like CES isn't playing in the corner outfield as much as it would be like a kind of a pipe dream because that would be kind of interesting to see if they could get him in there. But I think that he's going to be first base, third base, DH. That's really where he's going to fit in. So you could make the argument there that Will Myers is a natural one-for-one swap there. But I think that when we see CES on the roster, like, okay, let's say this. Simple thought process for everything that I just rambled about. CES is not going to be on the roster at the same time that Will Myers is. Okay. Fair point. I also think by the time we reach this point in the exercise, I don't think Kevin Newman will be here any longer. Uh, however, yeah. it is that they have to move on from him. I think he will go as well because he's been playing first base. He's been playing a little bit of third base. They've tried to squeeze him in a few times at second base, but once all these other guys are here, there simply isn't room for all of these guys to play all of those positions. And if you're going to have to move on from somebody, it's a guy you're not counting on to be around here for very long. And that's Kevin Newman. No, I 100% I agree. And I think that it's just showing you that Nick Crawl is about to be real busy. And this is the part that's really going to be interesting because there are guys that absolutely have to be here. Can't wait to see how he decides that. But, you know, Steve, coming up this weekend, the Reds have a glorious opportunity in St. Louis. And we'll tell you why coming up next. This episode is brought to you in part by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable pair of shorts I own. And when you're talking about comfort and convenience, there is no better pair of shorts because you can literally wear them anywhere. You can feel comfortable in them exercising, whether you even get the liner and you jump in the pool, and then you can go on a date right after you jump in the pool. Of course, you dry off first. I'd probably recommend that. But if you want to look good in all situations, get yourself some Bird Dogs. They've got some amazing shorts today. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and use the promo code locked on MLB for a free tumbler with every purchase. Bird Dogs are going to give you comfort and convenience in a pair of shorts that you've never felt before. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and use the promo code locked on MLB for a free tumbler with your purchase today. 
The Reds and Cardinals get going at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. This is the Reds' first trip to the Gateway City this season. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. And you can follow the podcast on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including right here on YouTube. If you are not already subscribed, first of all, thanks for checking out the show. Make sure you do hit subscribe and you click that bell to get notified when we've got new content for you. Also in between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds. All right, Steve, big opportunity this weekend. And I felt like I said that before last weekend, whenever the Brewers were in town, but this is a big opportunity. The Cardinals are languishing. The Cardinals have had a bad season and they haven't yet started to turn it around. There was like this winning streak that they had before they came to great American ballpark a couple of weeks ago that everybody was starting to think, okay, this is the Cardinals figuring it out. We'll see them start to make a, a play for the top of the division. And Ain't happened. In fact, since the Reds saw the Cardinals last, they're three and eight. Time for the Reds to kick a kid while he's down. Absolutely. And listen, under David Bell's leadership, the Reds are 14 and 22 at Bush Stadium 12, 19, whatever the heck. You know what? I wonder, just as an aside, do they keep naming it Bush Stadium because they don't think their fans are smart enough to learn a new name? <laughs> Is that. Is that what is it? By all means, go ahead and clip this, clip this, send it over to JD, let him run with it. Because I, I really think that's the problem down in St. Louis, just as an aside. But listen, I'm excited about the opportunity that the Reds have going into this series, Jeff, because we're going to get some questions answered. We're going to find out if Hunter Green is okay. We're going to find out if TJ Friedel automatically jumps back into this lineup and becomes Captain Chaos once again. We're going to find out what the implications of that are with all of the new talent that's been infused into this lineup while Friedel's been out. I'm really looking forward to it because we still have not seen the best version of this Reds lineup yet. And with every one of these guys coming back and every one of these changes, we get a little little bit closer to seeing if it is really within the realm of possibility that the Reds can go storming into the lead in the National League Central. And what better place to do it against a team than we really want to just kick the snot out of anyway. (laughs) Right. And this will also be the first series on the road for Ellie De La Cruz. And you know, the, the best fans in baseball are going to be wanting to see him get out as much as possible. And I can't wait for him to disappoint them as, as he hits the ball all over the yard down there. But also you talk about the lineup and not seeing the best form of that just yet. I'm looking forward to seeing that pitching improve, whether it's Hunter green or seeing the second start from Andrew Abbott. How does he follow up that amazing debut? Ben lively is still scheduled to start. He's scheduled to start tonight against Jordan Montgomery. So can he bounce back from a rough outing his last time out? Because the St. Louis lineup poses an interesting opportunity. Usually we would say, oh boy, we are worried about how the Reds pitchers are going to handle this lineup. But as of these last 11 games that I told you that they're struggling in, they've not done so much. They've scored five runs one time. Every other game, the other 10 games they've played, they've scored under four runs and they've gotten shut out once and scored one run twice. So we're talking about a, a team that's really down on their scoring here recently. And I think that we're going to see some good pitching performances. I hope because it's been a run of some rough pitching performances here lately. You know, absolutely. And when you're talking about the Cardinals lineup, look, uh, I know that Goldschmidt is, you know, had some problems, but I never count him out 
you know, he's right. a tremendous, he's a tremendous hitter. Never count him out. It's much like we talk about Joey Votto, right? Like never underestimate Joey Votto. I, I'm just going to throw that out there that you should never underestimate Paul Goldschmidt either. And the same holds true for Nolan Arenado because this is a guy that can hurt you and hurt you quickly. So I, I, while I understand that we're all looking at the same numbers, we're all looking at the struggles that the Cardinals had, you know, just as a caution to the red starters. And I know they're all listening to us, Jeff, you know, as you're preparing for your start, do not underestimate these guys. Do not let them beat you and build a hole that the reds offense has to dig you out of once again, uh, because while they may be not on their usual tears, they're still very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. And, and, and they've got a lot of questions in their lineup as well, outside of Arnado and Goldschmidt and, I know Goldschmidt really killed us at Great American, but Nolan Arnato was kind of disappearing there. They've kind of flipped these last 11 games, and Nolan Arnato seems to be riding the ship a little bit. But outside of those guys, like if you can neutralize these two guys, I believe you neutralize their lineup. Like the, the guys that a lot of folks thought were really going to break out haven't done so. Like Lars Newtbar is fine. He's not amazing like some people thought he was going to be. Still has an amazing name, but not necessarily getting there on the box score. Then you also have Dylan Carlson, who I don't even think he's in the majors anymore. I haven't seen a whole lot about him here recently. You remember when he was called up around Jonathan India time, everybody's like, oh, Dylan Carlson is obviously the rookie of the year. And Jonathan India was just like, not so fast, my friend. But you also look at a, a lot of different stuff about this pitching staff, their bullpen has really struggled as well. Ryan Helsley is not the automatic save machine that I think St. Louis like uh, was thinking he might be. And Jordan Hicks out of the rotation, the Reds are going to miss him because he started in the final game in Texas. I I I'm curious to see because the Reds are facing the uh, older contingent of the Cardinals starting rotation because they've got Jordan Montgomery, who he's not super old, but he hadn't pitched all that well this season. You got Miles Michaelis, who's getting up there, although he's figured some things out here recently, pitched pretty well in that final game against the Reds. And then you have the 925-year-old Adam Wainwright on Sunday, who hasn't had a great season either. So can this lineup continue it's hot run here recently. I know that we just got shut out by the Dodgers, but could this be another weekend where we're just like, man, if this lineup scores and if they get any pitching whatsoever, they could win this division. You know, regarding Adam Wainwright, I really hope that the Reds offense brings a little bit of GABP down to the gateway city yes. and just unloads on him because uh, you know, this is his farewell tour. This is his final year in, in baseball. And I hope they beat him like a drum every time they see him so that when he has nightmares about the Cincinnati Reds once right. he retires. And I've said it before, and, and, and it's a bummer that he's hurt, and I wish he was going to be here this weekend, but if Joey Votto faces Adam Wainwright, he hits a home run, like period. It just happens. Take that prop every time Joey faces him. Not going to face him this Sunday, so maybe Ellie De La Cruz can kind of take that role and be the I'm going to homer every time I see the old man on the mound. But looking forward to a big series here in St. Louis for the Red Legs. I'm predicting two out of three. think it's going to happen. Uh, looking forward to talking about that on Monday. But you know what, Steve, before we get out of here, let's uh, remind everybody that you can catch the Reds Hometown Broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just 
uh, search Reds on the SXM app. And that's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked On Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every dayers on Monday, come celebrate with us, as I'm sure we'll be talking about a Reds series. I know I'm talking a lot of crap, and there's a lot of people that are just like, Jeff, you're going to jinx it. You're going to I'm not jinxing it. I feel really good about this. And I know that the Cardinals are, like, shaking the boots right now because they don't want to see it happen. Let's let's talk about it on Monday. Make sure you join us. Because why, Steve? Because we're going to continue to monitor these transactions, listen to the rumors, gather up all the information about what the Red Legs are doing, and report back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Hashtag the Cardinals fans aren't smart enough to learn a new name. Best fans in baseball.